just wanted to wish everyone a happy new year. It was a good year for me last year, but if it wasn't, let's start afresh, y'all. Let's leave that shit in the past. And uh, yeah, I'm also going to be a little bit more committed to the show now that I have a little bit more stability in my life. The year ended with a car accident where I had to make some adjustments and now we're all good. We're going ahead uh, and you'll see more Instagramming, which is really the thing that I struggle with. Uh, the putting out the episodes isn't that difficult at this point, but I'm going to get better at promoting the show. What I'd like from you is we have literally nine ratings and the only review we have calls us boring. If we can get us to 15 reviews on Apple podcasts, can you be one of those people that goes out there, picks up their phone or goes out there? It's not that hard. You just have to look at your phone, look at the phone that you're listening to the podcast on probably find our podcast and just rate us five stars help us get to 15 ratings we have nine we're at 4.5 we have two two star or sorry we have one two star rating and one three star rating which if we don't start getting the five star ratings we're gonna look uh like we're not trying here i mean on my end let's i i do think that this is five star content sorry if you don't don't rate us and don't listen just go do something else. And if you'd like to help us pay our guests, which is a sincere, you know, just because I'm not taking advertising dollars does not mean that I do not want to uh, pay the people that come on the show and put time and effort into it. So if you'd like to ha- help us pay our guests, literally, we already have help with paying for the show's production. I mean, I'm not getting paid for my time, which I don't mind. I'm happy to do the show. I get plenty out of it. But uh, I would like to be able to hire someone to help me with things, uh, and that would be awesome. So if you'd like to help us pay our guests and produce the show, you can go to patreon.com slash what's my thesis and become a patron there. Uh, It will help us flourish and do more stuff like ad beats and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. What's my thesis? What's my thesis? What's my thesis? Most people think I'm Arabic or... Really? Yeah. When they look at you or when they see your name? When they look at me. Yeah, or both. Yeah, they yeah they, the name doesn't necessarily always convince them. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. You're welcome to use the footstool. Thank you. Thank can you bring you. it down just lower yeah. so that I can see your face a little yeah. more? There we go. Cool. Cool, awesome. man. Uh, it's good to finally have you here. I know. It's been <laughs> over a year, I think, or yeah. however many months. Let me do yeah. a quick intro. I forgot. For sure. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And uh, 
Today I have somebody. I don't. I. It's. I don't even know how long. <laughs> it, you said it was a year. I think so. I was okay. looking through my messages. And okay, I was like, so then it's it's probably yeah. been since like I first started wanting to invite guests that I've been trying to have you on the show. And you were in Mexico, but you would make trips over here. Yeah. But I was very yeah. interested in a lot of the mm-hmm. things that you post and a lot of the things that you have to say. You're very vocal uh, yes. about. <laughs> politics and and i feel like they reflect they reflect something that gets a little overshadowed mm. in um i think you talk about that specifically how like one of the things that i remember noting is that you were frustrated with ezra or what's his name ezra the um, the flash ezra not klein uh Ezra, um, not wait. The, the actor for that Miller. plays Ezra Miller. Yes, yeah. I would have never gotten it if you no. didn't get it. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, was I think so I know, foolish. but they, yeah, yeah. I think Ezra Klein is Ezra, like. Oh the, yeah, his, I remember that post. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and and just like how he was getting celebrated because he was like gender bending and all mm-hmm. of that, and so like that's when I first started to realize that like. I'm not making a lot of these frustrations up, and it's not necessarily like my feelings aren't necessarily homophobic Mm -hmm. you know they're just about like people being erased and shit Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and that is uh something that i felt validated when i saw when i see you talk about stuff and and it's also a lot more nuanced than that obviously but you know right i mean i guess i just basically said that like yeah, I liked your post because they made me feel like I was right. <laughs> right. But <laughs> which you know, you're not the only person that I mean, you, you slid into my DMs like this, you know, inviting me to this <laughs> podcast. But other people have been like, "Wow, thank you so much for being this upfront about this particular issue." Yeah, um, especially because whether they're in colleges still or anywhere they're at, they're like, you know what? I don't really find support where I am, and so knowing that there's someone out there who yeah sees the world the way I do is really validating. Yeah. Did, yeah, have you have have you had a chance to see the scandalous uh, uh, um, Dave Chappelle thing? The the oh the, the well which one of them? the the <laughs> most recent one with his the sticks and stones where he talks about the LGBT people like is is like a movement but it's not just one movement it's like several different movements and they're all in the same car and oh he describes <laughs> I'm so see I'm so out of touch with like that stuff yeah but okay I think I okay yeah, let's yeah. see yeah so he said it's it's really funny and it's I have to watch pretty it, insightful <laughs> uh, but uh, I know that like people have frustrations with him then that's fine I think that he's he talks about that mm-hmm. and like he's pretty open about where he's at with it yeah uh, and tries to make jokes that I think that's where he gets in trouble like as he's talking it out he makes it a joke and then people get like but I, I always feel like he's a black man and like <laughs> imagine being a black man just seeing like people talking about pronouns and you can't get like people to stop using the n-word <laughs> right i mean it's very and see that's where this whole like intersectional lens yeah. comes to play into yeah. play but you're right i mean yes yes <laughs> right well anyway i don't want to do his bit but uh but he talks about just like how everybody has different agendas but he makes it fucking hilarious and one of the things that he points out uh, is that, uh, or I'll do the beginning of it, or I mean, not that I know by memory, but I'll tell you the beginning jokes of mm-hmm. the whole thing, which is that like gay, uh, gay white men drive the car and lesbians are in the passenger yes. seat and for some reason they hate each other. <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, so what's funny about that is that like when he, you know, it's not like he's completely <laughs> right. ignorant. Like he, he's, he may say some things that like, you know, but 
I don't know. No, that's. I'm yeah. not, I don't mean to be an apologist. If you're upset by <laughs> no, him, no, no, yeah, not yeah, at all. Yeah. And it, no, and I mean like just right. in general. Like I, whatever. I don't know the struggle, but yeah. for me, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Right. But but that is sort of that space that I think that mm. is interesting that you kind of inhabit. Do you yeah. have a specific topic in mind that we could make, that would make labeling this? episode easy or I mean, am yeah. I going to have to listen to it back to it and then be like, Oh, this is what this was about. <laughs> I mean, I definitely talk a lot about everything, uh-huh. uh, but I think I come at it from this sort of queer of color, mm-hmm. um, sort of critique, okay. um, criticism. I think that's the actual term in academia, which okay. is where I'm still coming from, whether that's fortunately or not. Um, yeah. I think, so I graduated from college last year, May, 2018 Okay. And, since and where the, did you go to school? Uh, in Iowa. So okay. I was born and raised in LA, <laughs> and then I went to school in a fucking Iowa, in a, a town of nine thousand people in Iowa. Yeah, which um, oddly <laughs> enough now is the only time it's ever relevant. I mean, exactly. So that's kind of why it was it, it was kind of cool to be there because yeah. I, I was there for the twenty sixteen elections. So yeah, a lot, uh, of, Mexica- a lot of Mexicanos over there. Oh my goodness! I mean, you know, yeah. you'd be surprised. No, no, Marshalltown. And, yeah. yeah. Grinnell, not so much, but yeah, near nearby towns because yeah, of yeah. Uh, you know the farming and yeah, um, all that good stuff, agriculture industry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, so that kind of trans. I mean, it really was a whole sort of like twilight zone to be in in Grinnell, Iowa, coming from again a city of like what eight million people to mm-hmm. nine thousand people, including. Um, school like the school population. You did. Did you just say it was called Granola? No, Grinnell. Because I, I was like, but, I didn't have to ask you how white that town was. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of Granola kids go there. Um, yeah. Like it's a liberal arts college. Um, yeah, and then I, I came back. I was at 18th Street Art Center for a little mm-hmm. bit in Santa Monica, and then I went to Mexico in October. Actually, this would have been almost near the time I went. Um, oh, okay. To Mexico City. So you weren't there like a year then? No, no I was okay. I was there less than a year. Man, time moves fucking slow. Time mo- <laughs> slow and yet so quickly. I'm like, what yeah, the yeah. fuck? I've been here for three months already. Like, yeah, yeah. I just flew in. You know, I'm just getting adjusted, you know. I think <laughs> maybe like, it's Instagram time. When the, like yeah. maybe it feels like because I'm experiencing on Instagram, right? Because it also felt like you'd been in LA much longer than three months. R- really interesting. Yeah. yeah, and and I think I live in the archives forever and we'll always live in the archives and i think that's something queer and we can talk about that later what does living um, in the archives mean in yeah that context? i think yeah like literally living in the instagram archive i think there's a queer sort of nostalgia melancholy that's associated with being alive in this digital world and exposing yourself so uh. um i guess raw Fully? Is that even a word? Okay. But like, you know what I mean? Like, which you're makes me think of Perrando, which, Perrando, I, Perrando, yeah, exactly. which I didn't know shit about oh. until I had to Google it. I was going to ask you straight up, but <laughs> yes. I was like, no, nah, I can't be that ignorant. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I mean, that <laughs> Perrando is another topic that I'm super passionate about. I mean, my two, two of my final papers in, in undergrad wow. were about that, but okay. through a feminist queer lens and then more okay. specifically queer of color, um, sort of post-colonial lens, um, yeah. again, coming at it from many angles, but always from a queer perspective. Cause I think that's all, that's like the, my privileged location when mm-hmm. I look at the world. Okay. And by privilege, I don't mean like, Oh, you know, privilege in, in the sense that I think other people think like white privilege. No, I, I just think that is where that's my biography, my narrative. So yeah, yeah. I know what it means to be queer for me. Yeah. Which yeah. is different for a lot of, for people. a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Well, and then also you have that Latino thing, which also is one of those things where you get lumped into with a lot of different people yeah. that have nothing to do with your <laughs> political. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I actually don't consider myself 
or I don't try, I try not to label myself or identify as Latinx or Latino. Okay. Instead, I think, and this is something really interesting that I've been trying to. I'm not surprised that you've gotten out. to this place too, because I'm struggling. I want to hear yeah. what your word is. Um, well, brown, you know, okay. with a capital B, um, and what it means to be brown, and I think coming at it from, or thinking about it from, a racecraft perspective. So, ra- racecraft is a book by two scholars, two history scholars, uh, Karen Fields and Barbara Fields. And they write about how race is a verb. I mean, it's a doing of. It's mm-hmm. You're constantly making it, remaking it, and creating new uh, sort of definitions as you perform your identities um, and, wh- and as you police others' identities. Mm-hmm. So I think, of, I think constantly of where, what it means to be brown and, you know, what brownness means as a Mexican, but also maybe for... Uh, someone from India or from, you know, Southeast Asia. And so what are the commonalities there and where mm. are the differences there? And there, I think, uh, okay, Sam, so I'm already getting into it, but I think a lot from the civil rights sort of perspective mm. where you think of strategic essentialism, right? And you think What's of, that? yeah, when you think of um, communities that you are part of and you and you realize there are shared experiences here, like being Latinx, Mm-hmm. It's such a broad term. Maybe yeah. let's say being Oaxacan, right? Which is where I'm from, specifically Oaxaca, Mexico, and in, in southern Mexico. And so what does it mean to be Oaxacan in this sort of liminal kind of borderland space that is L.A.? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the diaspora from Oaxaca live, exist, and have built roots here. And so I know that there is a shared practice amongst myself and other Oaxacans. And so we use that collectively to kind of um, bring out issues that could help us. So even if it is kind of lumping in uh, certain groups, it's for a good cause or for actual radical change. And then once we get those policies in check and 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 are good for us, then we can move forward with more progress, right? So so wait, yeah. so you're saying that that about Latinx as a as a as a label or brownness, brownness, because oh, I brownness. you know because okay. it's it's. About well, building, yeah. yeah. Well, it does bridge communities with that that are oppressed mm-hmm. in, in general, and yeah, I think that yeah. uh, it's interesting because where I thought you were going, what mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say is the commonality of like brownness being uh, subjugated in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like even in Asian communities, right? And oh, like right. it's just like across the board. It is seen as a, uh, a, a an issue. <laughs> yes. No. I mean, something that is not desirable. I mean, that's yeah. You're literally the other capital yeah. O. Uh, and they even have like uh, skin whitening creams in certain yes. er, in certain South uh, Southeast Asian countries and shit like that. So right. it, it's and one of the things that I just recently realized. I think I was talking to a, a recent guest was the. Um, the fact that a lot of the media comes from this town mm-hmm. that we're living in and a lot of it is so well i mean now we're having these weird it's it it always bends a need of power right where now we're yeah. having these weird political issues with uh, with china and and how you don't want to upset the chinese right. uh, <laughs> because right. your movie won't show over there yeah it's it, it it's getting weird, uh, mm-hmm. and in that particular case, the, the Muslims are I think the oppressed, um, which is like uh, it's it's something that makes me realize. Like I I was telling you right yeah. when I got when yeah. when you got here that I get confused for Middle Eastern all mm-hmm. the time. 
Right. Right. And so right. I just feel recruited in that like fight against <laughs> no, and <laughs> it, drafted, not recruited. <laughs> right. And see, but that's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like that's exactly like what it means. Like when I when I when I identify as brown, it's and then we're talking. We can talk about like these DNA tests that people are taking, oh, yeah. right? And how like oh yeah, they see that they're Native American or whatever, and then they start to claim that. But I think a lot of people, or at least in my circles, know that. It's not just about being or having that yeah. kind of blood, you know, it's also about being claimed by that community, which is why I hesitate. And this is something that I think a lot of my colleagues and contemporaries don't, uh, they don't hesitate to identify as indigenous, even though mm. I know that my grandma still uh, is or was from an indigenous um, community in Oaxaca and they know of me over there. Like, even yeah. though I do have that direct connection I am still too privileged. I, I li- I'm a U.S. citizen. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm college educated here in the U.S. Like there are so many th- factors that play into me not wanting to identify with that sort of indigeneity because I more so identify with this idea of living in Oaxaca, California. Yeah, so yeah. a co- combination of Oaxaca, Oaxaca and California, yeah. right? Um, and again, what it means to be in this liminal space and kind of live through this Oaxacan, but now queer sort of non-binary lens and then you're being an art you're an artist as well so that kind of contributes to um, a performance artist specifically okay right um so what does that mean for me in terms of uh my practice and also living at home still because i came back from mexico i was living independently over there and then over here yeah you know uh, loans and shit like i yeah. it just i yeah, can't but you've been I can't, looking right I've been I'm, looking. Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard because so my credit score is terrible, right? Oh, wrong, Fuck wrong. that, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully I get something yeah. soon. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's It's been a weird experience, I think, coming back from Mexico because there I experienced a whole different sort of system of racism or, yeah. you know, and... The, well, I, one of the things that I, I think... I've, I think I may have referenced you in the last two conversations I've had uh, and, uh, uh, that's how badly I wanted to have you here. But one of the things that's, that, that's, you know, like you post things in Spanish that say mm-hmm. que, that, that que no, no quiero, no quiero que me maten. And then like, you talk a lot about heteros, which yeah. are heterosexuals. Right. So there's a lot of, it's, it's not just racism, but there, I think that there's this, like, um, I feel like. I, th- I feel like America has all these problems, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when we see them in other countries, there's this like condescension of like, oh, they're machista and they're right. these things. And I'm like, where do you think all that came from? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. Who do you think? U.S. intervention. T- yeah. <laughs> or, or not not even just that. Like or, yeah. the, even before that, the Catholic right. Church, like yeah. it goes fucking back. Yeah. Like this is like, these are... Uh, so, and for me, one of the problems that I have with the term Latino or Latinx, mm-hmm. and it's specifically with Latinx because it, it it's telling to me that as a white supremacist society, you know, Americans have started to adopt that term as a term of acceptance. But what are they t- accepting? They're accepting gender, which is something that they can understand because mm-hmm. that... Because Caitlyn Jenner is white, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the mm-hmm. things that got Dave Chappelle in trouble is that he said it smelled like white privilege, but it's 
kind of not wrong, right? Like there, there have right. been uh, women of color in like in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to cite my source on this because I've said this before, but this was from <laughs> NPR, which I shit on a lot. But uh, that um, that over there, the culture in like, um, oh, maybe this was from my favorite murder, but the culture over there <laughs> yeah. is like that they have trans women uh, as bouncers because when they when things get out of hand in like these karaoke bars where there's a big karaoke culture over there uh they don't feel threatened when like it the, the machista it's like a machista diffuser oh, wow. to have a trans person so they don't That's like so, so there's an acceptance there but that but I, i'm saying like yeah. this shit has existed for centuries that you know eons and eons and eons mm-hmm. and now like all of a sudden yeah one of the kardashians the white one the white right the, <laughs> right. <laughs> the one and only yeah Ms. caitlin jenner yeah. yeah no and i think well i guess hmm <laughs> You said something right there that I was like, wait. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. That, no, I like, I wanted to say, what was it? Um, fuck. You said, were you referencing like how they've existed, meaning like. Yeah, trans just, people. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, and that's kind of where this whole queer of color critique comes in because it's like saying that look like yes we have existed forever and that's and that's why there's such a case for inclusive language Mm. because we've always existed but when there unfortunately language is power and when there isn't language that recognizes and acknowledges people that have lived very powerfully yet only in the margins are erased from history books and this is why I always say the queer never has its own history because whenever we're on stage, we're allowed to have that history whenever we're performing, whether it's drag queens, whether we're performing some sort of like queer trope that the heteros have of us, you know, Mm. whether we're performing period, that's the only time when we're allowed some sort of narrative, some sort of humane narrative and history because they can, people can articulate that queerness and, and identify it as coming from something, from a legacy, right? Oh, drag queens have always existed. That's why, the, you know, they're just kind of like copying drag lingo when you're saying yes or, you yeah. know, all that queer sort of trope or queer stereotypes. Um, but when we're not performing, when there's a, you know, what if what happens with the silent queer, with the shy queer, with mm-hmm. the not so extroverted queer, you know, what are they, are they given the nuance that extroverted queers are given or maybe not, you know, like there's just... It, and so the, anyway, my point is to say, this is why I always try to include, uh, or this is why I'm always fighting for inclusive language. Because when you, when you mm-hmm. don't even acknowledge, you know, non-binary people or trans people, yeah. you're effectively erasing them from any archive. And this is why yeah. the archive is so important for me. And kind of going back to the very first point of I'm always living in the archive because I've never really had an art. I've never looked or I've never, and that's not true. Not, not never, but very rarely do I see anybody represented or so, anybody who represents me in the media, I guess in books outside of the Academy, you know? So I think for me, it's important to make sure I, I do highlight these issues. Cause it's like, look, you're literally killing us. Like yeah. I had no, um, like there was no trail behind left for me. There was no blueprint. And so I'm the blueprint for myself, for my queer life, for my queer future. Yeah. And so ultimately that's what I'm kind of doing with my loudness, with my sort of calling out though. I don't try to call out 
I try to call out intellectually and not just call out like all my other contemporaries that just cancel people for being straight and white. You yeah. know what I mean? I try to bring nuance to that. But I don't know yeah, if I potentially. I think, yeah, yeah, no, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I, you and you yeah. also and you also really like the uh, the what's it called the Real Housewives. Oh my god! Oh my god! And see, I'm so right your, right your no, politics yes. are complex. I mean, that, okay, so that's where it, that's okay. See, you touch a very good point because that's what confuses a lot of people about yeah. me. And I oh think, no, no, I totally or not get that it. You, yeah, not yeah, that yeah, you're yeah, confused, yeah, yeah. right? But then I talk to my mom, for example, right, talking yeah. about Mohawk and, and tradition. Um, I think it's so funny because I'm not given that nuance. Not, not, you're not, I'm not, this is not. No, I understand it does, that, it that you, as but nuance, in general, nuance. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not given that nuance to be both intellectual and a perreador. Yeah. Like I'm still going to shake my ass and twerk, but I can still read you down and, and intellectually. And by the way, if you have, if you follow Abdiel, you will see him <laughs> oh twerk. And, and, I, and yes, you. And he has fucking worked hard at it. <laughs> I have, I have done my homework. I do my homework. I perfected it. It's that Virgo moon. I can't yeah. just show up without having to. You'll done see my him homework. working out and then and then being like, "This is oh why I do it." I mean, <laughs> so literally, I can go in the club for that stamina. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do out here in these streets because uh, it's so violent out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the the well, nightlife yeah, is the only space. Yeah, it's, so it's violent in in just the world. I think for me, well, maybe not so much in LA because it's my home and yeah. I feel I know where to. I well, have pockets of security, yeah. right? But in Mexico, for example, I can't just, I couldn't have just gone out drunk without, like on my own, like I do here sometimes. It's actually... (laughs) I like that qualifier because you realize people are listening. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Like it's literally, I can literally get killed for being too queer or for being, even though Mexico City is one of the most accepting cities in Mexico. Uh Uh-huh. You know, it it doesn't come without a share of violence. And so I think for me, I really sought nightlife or I really looked at nightlife as that space where I could really live out and practice my queerness. For me, it was my training grounds to be Mm -hmm. queer, to be a performance artist, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of it comes from that sort of rhythm, knowing that I guess it's, it's, it's coming from this sort of legacy and history of being native to one's land and what it means to live through that lens of knowing that you are an extension of the land of tierra. Right. And so I'm literally moving with the beat and I'm literally conjuring, this is very poetic and maybe a little absurd, but like when I, when I'm dancing, I'm literally conjuring up like the, the, the rich, like history, like rage of my ancestors, of my Mm. indigenous ancestors. And that's why I dance of my queer ancestors, right? My queer elders. Like I'm able to dance here because unfortunately maybe you couldn't or you got killed when you did. Um, But I'm dancing for all of us, right? Mm. And so that's why I'm like, don't fuck with me and my nightlife and my club because that is literally the only space I got to be me fully, completely and accepted most of the times. Um, Are are you finding I don't see as much posts Of you in the nightlife that you were In in Mexico have you noticed Is that different That's funny It's funny because Is the scene bigger over there or or more enthusiastic And it yeah okay so (laughs) I think And this is again Just my perspective And I was more of a visitor so I don't want to be like Oh I know everything about Mexico But from my observations I would say Obviously, there's a different culture, work-life culture there. Um, There isn't a lot of work-life balance, but I also think... Well, no, sorry, just erase that. I think 
again, there are more inequ- structural inequalities. Maybe not more. Okay. See, I'm, I'm going to edit myself as I That's talk fine. through this. Um, I just think people there are struggling to survive in general. Mm. I mean, so are we, but in a very different sense. I, I don't remember who said this. So, and I'm going to bastardize this quote. Um, but basically, it talks about how Latin America, when you build anything in Latin America, it's already crumbling. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's really sad and it's really, but then you <clears throat> see it when you go there. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, like it's such beautiful architecture, yeah, yeah. but it's already falling down. Or Cuba, you know, when I went to Cuba, it's like so beautiful. And I love Cuba. I've never I think been. You've never been. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, anyway, so I went. Well, but with that's because, history class. Uh, because of the country that I live in that says no. <laughs> right. Know? I, I mean, would have to go through Mexico and I just haven't exactly. made the effort, you know. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I think be- it's out of necessity that people dance or that go to clubs there. Mm-hmm. And it does become routine. And even though I would go to like WeHo adjacent clubs in Mexico City, Call in the neighborhood. Like style-wise. Like, or mean. at least in the neighborhood. Like, they have their own neighborhood, Zona Rosa. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, you know... <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and they would have, you know, just normative gay clubs. And I would even go to those. I don't go to those here because I know the... Vi- I, I fight bitches here. I, if, <laughs> I fight white queers here. Yeah. Because they just... They, I think, profit off of or at least copy too much off of um, specifically black culture, right? Yeah. Um, but also I think I want to complicate my own relationship with it, Perreo and nightlife, because I think a lot of it is borrowed from Caribbean and thus, you know, just African, um, culture. Mm. Not, not that, that, not that it's one culture, not, not that it's a monolith, but there is a lot of blackness involved in the making of it, Perreo and how it's been diffused to the point where we have Rosalia, you know, this white Spaniard, uh, Spanish girl literally in reggaeton, you know, profiting literally off of what used to be something for enslaved people to kind of feel his, liberated. What's the other guy's name? And the, um, J Balvin? No. No. The Guincho. El uh, Rabbit? Oh, Bad, Bad, Bunny. Bad Bunny. Well, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Like, who, is, who are the leaders of this genre? I'm sorry, genre now? White Latinos. Yeah. So just like, to let you know, this is like... Scorching hot Mexican politics right now because uh, my uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, fuck, why am I Pamela? Who I just talked to recently? Yeah, she's coming. Her episodes are coming out before you. Okay, okay. this came up. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> what, what did she? Did she have? Oh, she she was like frustrated with it too. Yeah. Or I don't. Need, is, uh, I don't think she maybe necessarily took a stand, but talked about it. Yeah, yeah. and I think and see, it's so hard to be in LA because I I oftentimes find a lot of LA. Latinxes um, to be a little more apologetic, and yeah. it, it's funny that this you know we're talking about this right after Hispanic Heritage Month just ended on October fifteenth, um, and we had Gina Rodriguez literally vocally say the N word on her Instagram, right? And so, wait, who, what was this? Oh, so she was who's I'm, Gina Rodriguez? So she's the actress from Jane the Virgin, the, oh, the, the protagonist, brown, the uh, the brown girl, mm-hmm, yeah, 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 the brown girl, but. You know, I, I so I live on Twitter. I live in the digital world. I was born in '96, so I think I was born literally in, on, on, like in the internet. You were born in '96. '96, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so, so you're 14 years younger than me. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're and, okay. And Pamela was uh, was uh, 15 years younger. I was than born in '80. Yeah, 1980. And what is she? So then 1995. Yeah, 95. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. So th- so Wait, this is yeah. like a wave so of exactly, young kids. I mean, this is what I was saying. You know, I think I okay. So on Twitter, you know, we and by we I mean all my followers and I know that Gina Rodriguez is problematic. She's hella anti-black, but hasn't explicitly said it. She said it in such subtle ways that you need to be, I think, emotionally and socially intelligent to know when someone's being an, or Im, implicitly anti-black, right? Yeah. And performing this anti-blackness. But anyway, back in, on Tuesday, if today's the 17th, yeah, 15th, um, on Tuesday, Gina Rodriguez came out uh, in, on an Instagram story just literally singing, um, I think, a um, Lauren Hill song. She was singing it and she in a said, video. In a video, and she said the N-word out loud, no oh. hesitation, and it's part of the song, right? Yeah. And so, obviously, a lot of... Well, not obviously, but a lot of Latinxes that I know have said that in the past, you oh. know, the N-word, because it's in a song. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, it's in a song. Like, I, I can sing it. I'm not saying it to anybody. It's like, no. Have like, you ever been to Miami, dude? No. Well, <laughs> just brief, very briefly. I mean, you heard that shit but, there. Oh, my God. I mean, but that's, you know, that's a whole issue yeah. within Latinxes, right? Yeah, within yeah. the Latinx community. Um, and it's not okay. Because and it's not the, okay, period. And it's we not should okay. be calling them out. It's not okay on many levels, but it's also not okay because a lot of the people that say it are actually anti-black. They're not exactly. like, you, you know, they, exactly. they also say racist shit. They actually shit. believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not because, right, the power of language, and that's yeah. going back to it, the power of language. Yeah. And be intentional. Yes. You know, because um, you're giving acknowledgement at the end of the day and you're giving power to that what historical term of the N-word. Um, but anyway, so kind of going, uh, see, we, we <laughs> this is where, how my mind works. I go from one topic to the next, but, um, I do think that's why I don't go to clubs here anymore because I just don't find the necessity yeah. to kind of, or you're not getting the same, uh, uh, reward from being there. Reward, like, or feel, yeah. feeling mood, whatever. Yeah. As, as a raver, I know. As a, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then also you should read, or the listeners should read this book. Um, and this is like my Bible, um, cruising Utopia, the then, or is it the then and now, or the then and there of, um, see, I don't remember the whole time. I just know Cruising Utopia by Jose Esteban Munoz. Okay. Um, he's this phenomenal, seminal, queer scholar who unfortunately passed away way too young. Um, anyway, so he writes about this, like party culture, ecstasy, queer futurity, and in performing queerness within the nightlife, like how that ruptures this sort of um, quotidian sort of capitalist, um, system that we're living in. Like we literally have the opportunity to create something bigger than us within the nightlife scene. And I saw that firsthand in Mexico city, Mm. you know, when I went to clubs that literally ended at eight in the morning and I would come home exhausted, 8am, super drenched in my own sweat, but I had liberated myself and I had built, even if ephemerally, I built kinship networks in that moment Mm. through body through movement and performance with other queers or with other people who were there and i don't find that sense of again necessity of building those kinship networks here in fact i think la um, specifically la latinxes who are artistic queer and in the underground nightlife scene I think they're catty, you know, and I think that's just a difference <laughs> here in, in, I think, the U.S. Why versus think, Latin America. So you, you do you think that, that in, in Latin America, people, like, the, the queer scene is a lot less catty in general? No, okay, okay. so I think catty in a different sense. I think catty, you'll look at, you'll, they're still going to read you to filth, they're going to drag you, they're, you're, if you look bad, you look bad, and they're going to call you out on it, they're uh. going to give you this, they're going to stare you down, but... 
they're still going to party with you. They're not going to, they're not going to push you away because you don't know anybody in their friend group. Whereas here, you're literally just trying to have fun and just for trying, just for trying to have fun and you still look good. They're still going to look at, look at you like, who the fuck are you? And why the fuck are you here at my party? You know, it's, Uh it's that sense of ownership, which in the U.S., I think you're born knowing that you can own things, right? You have this uh. myth of the American dream that you can own your own social mobility. Whereas in Latin America, I don't think there's necessarily that rhetoric about ownership, right? It's always about the government, right? So I think even that, like, it it trickles down even to the way you connect with people. You don't own anybody. And I think people here are very... And I don't want to. I don't want to generalize, but I think we just all, as a culture, as a whatever. You mean specifically? Specific, in LA. Yeah. Specifically yeah. in LA, especially because yeah. we're like in Hollywood. Yeah. And we export so much to the world. We we feel like we own the world. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of trickles down to even day to day interactions, which is why I don't like. I don't like living in LA. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to get my loans paid off, and then going back to Mexico City. Yeah. And do performance art there. Yeah. And I yeah. haven't done much of, sorry, I haven't done much of my performance here either. I mean, it, it's been over a year since I did one last performance here. And so, so, yeah. so one of the things that I'm always curious about and like definitely is on my mind, especially since you talked about violence, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? So obviously there, Mexico is in the unfortunate position of being on the border of one of the most rich countries where people love their drugs, mm. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it used to be that, like, in Colombia, I mean, I don't know if you remember, or well, no, you were probably too young. <laughs> I remember, uh, um, what's it called? The fucking plot, the storyline of Narcos. Oh, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. like, I remember, yeah. what's his fucking name? Um, Pablo, uh, no. Escobar. Escobar, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, yeah. I was, I was thinking Neruda and I was like, oh no, God, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> completely different. <laughs> um, but, but for me, that shit yeah. is like interesting because if you go back to that history as, as, at least according to Narcos, but I definitely remember <laughs> that he had his own prison, that he mm. bought his own prison, all of that shit. And like, he just was a fucking terrorist that had the balls and the resources to like, not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of... Um, so that was before, like, CIA involvement was necessarily narco-related. <laughs> there was always CIA people right. in Latin America. Always, right? yeah. And... Um, right. But, like, I wonder... Like, because we think of that... From what I understand, like Mexico is pretty safe from cartel violence, mm-hmm. right? And we think of that as a violent society, especially when you've got like this motherfucker saying that they're rapists and drug dealers, right? right? That 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 are coming over, <laughs> right? But to a large degree, mm-hmm. it's like a symbiotic relationship with the people of this country, right? But I always find it interesting when, like, we call other people violent and, like, we yeah. don't call out our own shit. But how is it different in vi- in terms of violence? There's obviously, we've talked about uh, uh, homophobia mm-hmm. and that violence, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, what other dangers are there? Because it seems overhyped. Is that the case? 
What's the level of safety right. that you can expect over there? At least in Mexico City. Again, it's an international city. Yeah. Um, so I think... And I, th- I just heard it's off limits. Like, that's not... Mexico City. Yeah. In terms of, like, cartels, like, it, it seems oh. like it doesn't make sense for them to fuck with it. Right. Unless no, something and, and really egregious exactly. happens. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they don't... Ex- I mean, not that they don't exist there, but it's not... Right. It's, it's a relatively safe... Again, rel- see, and then... We have to complicate what that means for for everybody. What does safety look like for you? What does safety look like for me? Um, And what are those parameters? Like, how are we drawing those parameters? And I think that can also be applied to anywhere here. I mean, when we when we see gentrifiers coming into, for example, Koreatown, and you know, I've I've downloaded the Citizen app. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And just the comment section, I'm I'm just blown away. By I'm just like this is I I was born and raised here. I don't, I mean, yeah, maybe it was a little violent back then. And I live in the nicer quote, you know, with air quotes and be in outside, uh, whatever. Um, I, I, right. I was born and raised in the nicer part of Koreatown. So for people to just say it's dangerous or full of thugs, you know, it's, and Mm. that's a racially coded language, um, term to, to say all of that, I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like what, what, what? Like, do you just live in a bubble full full of privilege and this sort of, like, tower where you don't experience this on a daily? Like, that was my reality. And for me to see, to automatically label as anything as a thug or whatever they're labeling others as, I'm just like, whoa, like, that's, to me, I'm like, damn, like, you're really fucked up because I'm just, you know, it's just like, yeah, again, who the fuck are you? Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, it made me think of like, you know, there is this fucking myth um, that like the black man is violent and dangerous. But part of the whole like thing about that is that they don't fuck with civilians, Mm. right? Like, especially when you're talking about the super predators, the gangs, yeah, right? (laughs) right? Like it is very much a, a black on black thing, right? It's not necessarily anti-white and it's scary Mm -hmm. and one of the things that just i don't know i I think yeah i've brought this up before i think that was on the lorenzo episode but like this idea that the violence the un the the unexpected like i'm more in danger of getting shot by a fucking uh white person than i am by a black person right like just legit (laughs) (laughs) and that's not something that we discuss Mm -hmm. at least not in those those terms yeah like what the fuck is happening in those communities right yeah and 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 i and i i don't mean that as like a Mm -hmm. I, i think that there's this like i am not um really that much of an anti-gun nut like i want a gun when the world ends right (laughs) (laughs) i want them to be available so i I can get one but there is like a fucking problem dude and it's and and like the problem you know like the guns on the street that i'm scared of are not the ones that like are are, you know in chicago or in shit like that Mm -hmm. like i'm worried about like some kid fucking freaking out and killing a bunch of kids and then like you know someone i know's nephew dies or kid dies Mm -hmm. like and like that's that shit that shit's real and I saw this guy, uh, this the one of the founders of um, Justice Democrats, was saying, like, made a really good point that, like, right now, the next victim 
of a mass shooting is walking around there and has no fucking idea. That, and like, that's like fucking crazy. Heartbreaking. It's like, yeah. what? That's and our then, reality. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then I was watching the debates and my God, we rescheduled because of yeah, the debates. Right. I, w- I fucking wish I hadn't. They were so awful. <laughs> I was like, I was making beats. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I try, you know, honestly, I don't try to watch these debates now. Cause I'm like, uh, it's just a, a headache. Honestly, yeah. and I just watch on Twitter the highlights because I'm like, see, I didn't really miss out yeah. on much. It was a whole shit show, as it ta- usually is. But they talked about <laughs> shooting for a while, and that's when I got the most bored because really? I knew, yeah, because I knew yeah. they weren't going to do anything you about it. It was right. just rhetoric. It's yeah. just this like fucking hollow thing, mm-hmm. and like to the point where like I'm like, shut the fuck up. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> like you're just you're just saying these things out. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think you bring up well, you brought up a really interesting point, and I think I thought a lot about this both. I guess I've, I've thought about this period. Um, just, okay. Going back to safety and like when people think of a person of color as a threat, right. I also, I feel like, okay, so that's where the nuance comes in, in terms of, for the word safety. Um, for example, a white man to me could be a threat. Yes. Because, you know, I'm maybe oh. not qu- visibly queer, but... Yeah. I say this all the time. Right. The people that I'm yeah. most afraid of are white, are white women. Be- oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't even get me started on them. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. I'm really not sorry at the end of the day. But, yeah, they're the ones who actually have the, power. The, the only episode I, I have mean, never put out of this show was an interview with a white oh woman who told me, I know a lot of people. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's it. I know th- that you know a lot of people, but there are a lot of white people. And I am safer not working with you. Yeah, no, for real. It's- <laughs> because it's like, if you flex like that, like, fuck, man. I, that's a dangerous game. And, oh my gosh. It's 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 so, yeah, it's, it's a complicated relationship. Um, but yes, oftentimes my... First to call themselves allies, quote Ally, unquote. Right. And they're really not. They just want they just want to know how we're working, how we're communicating with one another to then come in and destroy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's all they're doing at the at the end of the day. Well, and then appropriating too. <laughs> well, let's well, not even w- yeah. One of the things that I always uh, right. try to find new ways of of saying is that like if you have a gay kid, like that's not as big as of a disruption as a white family having a kid of color oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. you, you know like right the, the, and so i think that that's where a lot of the yeah. w- where a lot of losing happens on the intersectionality where mm-hmm. there, there's like yeah, a lot more empathy going for queer people and then when like queer people of color start to speak they're like oh, you, too much you, you're not you're not my brother you don't remind me of them that much and that's, I mean, that's what, that's when I talk about respectability. And so, okay, respectability politics. And, but that's where I confuse people a lot of the times. Mm. Um, cause they think I'm this little nice Latino boy that abides to this sort of respectability politics on paper. I check every box off, you know, I have mm. a good job. I'm college educated, but I'm actually kind of maybe a threat to them. I don't know. Um, I would say I am because I don't. What's respectability, Paul? Yeah, so I think it's it's one that it's a it's sort of this. I wouldn't say performance, but framework um, from which you comport in a way that is legible to the state um, that makes you not a threat to them. So, and that that could be 
um, embodied in so many different ways. All right, I need to get my game on that tight. <laughs> See, there you go. I'm just, I'm coming from academia, you know, yeah. it's like, I need a level, you know, whatever. Um, no, 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 I understood that entirely. <laughs> okay. I'm just like, what I'm saying is like, I need to tighten up that fucking, like, cause oh, that, yeah, that includes yeah. shaving so that I don't look oh, so Arabic. Oh, I see what you mean. I'm like, oh shit, you know, like, did I just use too much jargon? No, 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 I totally get that. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I identify, yeah. like, no, cause it, you do have to, especially as a, as a person mm-hmm, of color, yeah. like you have to present. And like, Gosh. and you want to also put, include signifiers to your own community, right? So that you're like, right. hey, I'm still part of this, like, yeah. And so you're always living in, and I don't like quoting her, um, Gloria Anzaldúa. Um, she's a Chicana. She was a Chicana feminist scholar. Um, that's where you're living in the borderlands, neither here neither yeah, not from here mm-hmm. nor from there. I, you know, we're especially, you know, born in the U.S., uh, but having Oaxacan ancestry. I'm both, I'm not from here. I don't fully identify as an American. I actually don't like to identify as that. Um, Even if, but then in Mexico, I I realized I have to. I can't ignore the power relations that exist by claiming or by having a passport that could easily take me out of any situation. Yes. Even if I'm brown um, in Mexico. Yeah, you don't um, have to go into a holding facility to try to get in and run away from violence and shit like that. I mean, I literally, yeah, just passport and I'm good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, fuck, what was I saying? Sorry. No, 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 you're no, you're good. Oh, well, fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically there. Um, yeah, what was I saying? Damn, I'm just going off. Like, my mind works so That's quickly. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Well... To me, that all all this is is interesting. I think that like like for example, <clears throat> I think that there is there was a big thing that happened specifically after uh, we had our first black president, where mm. like white women were like, "Hey, we we fucking have earned this." White women in the Democratic Party, and they have they are, they're from a very specific feminist mm-hmm, impulse mm-hmm. that was very focused on their oppression and not yeah. necessarily... Which doesn't exist. Yeah. But. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that, yeah, I, I, think, I think that by, in comparison to like, you know, I mean, that's why that shit with uh, Elizabeth Warren is unacceptable. You know, like the the claiming she was indigenous. Oh they, wow! I, but that's I, right. They, they uh, she she did get benefit from it. She was yeah, hired she by yes. Harvard at a time where Harvard was getting sued for not having enough diversity. The fucking I think it was the dean like shop like paraded her around and was like, "This is our first woman of color." Like that shit is a fucking travesty. That is like white people. Presenting a white yeah. person as yeah. diversity so that they can fucking get away with being a racist institution, getting away with murder—that's <laughs> what I call it. I well, mean, and, and literally, what, that's actually one of the interesting things. Where like now, I have a tremendous distrust of the Ivy League and that mm. whole because I think that yeah. what ultimately what happens is you go in there and they teach you a lot. And you're educated, but you're educated on a very neoliberal, oh, uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's very colonial, rooted uh, worldview mm-hmm. where all of the world's resources belong to the United States. And anybody that resists or tries to have them for themselves and doesn't share, you know, or yeah. tries to share them with their people as opposed to sharing them with the financial markets over here, the, the big, big finance, big, uh, mm-hmm. like, and then 
we also have a military that's just always dying to go to war. It just becomes this really untenable thing. Like Libya was, was I, I was just talking to someone recently that gave me more nuance. Libya was because France, because they wanted to go off Fran, uh, the franc and back mm-hmm. their currency with gold. And the franc is like the last vestige of French colonial power, (laughs) (laughs) which keeps them tied to the petrodollar. So it's like it it, it becomes this fucked up um, system of subjugation. That's why Latino is like, like, it's like, no, fuck it. We're American, man. Like, why can't we be American, too? Why does it have to be South American? Why does it have to be, you know, like, mm-hmm. like we don't, we ain't North American over here. Right. right. And again, I want to clarify that, like, uh, when you were talking about how you were, like, not indigenous, I was like, in my family, the family tree was all designed to avoid, it was like the opposite of, 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 uh, of uh, Elizabeth Warren's. It was like making sure that everybody was oh, traced shit. back to Europe. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. You know? But then there was this yeah. un- un- unsaid thing that was like, oh, yeah, but there's a lot of generations of Cubans. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that dang. means, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that... language right there. Yeah, I'm right. pretty sure that there's, like, I'm also, like, minutely indigenous, if at all. Like... Most like, yeah. I mean, yes, most likely, possibly. I'm yes. probably more Moorish <laughs> yeah. from Spain based on my features. <laughs> <laughs> but that's we can't know yeah. for certain, right? We can't know for certain. Which yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. It could just be that I like the way my hair fell out makes me look more Persian. Although back <laughs> when like any time I've worn a, a baseball cap, I like I used to have a Detroit Tiger Tigers cap and people would come up to me and talk in Farsi. What? Yeah. That much? Yeah, that's crazy. And then when you travel a lot, you get confused for so many This is why I like claiming brownness, because yes, I mean I literally, my identity changes as I travel. In, what do you get confused with? Most? Yeah, in it, well, in Italy, I got confused as Bangladeshi. Okay, um, that's I think, nuanced. <laughs> and then also in London, and then I think in Cuba, someone actually said that I was Chinese. Whoa! Right? It's, yeah, right. But I that, mean, but we're not right. But the Cubans <laughs> have this weird thing about calling people Chinese. Like it's like that's so crazy this, to me. Yeah. They might just be describing <laughs> your eyes, what they, how they perceive them. Yeah. And that's, well, that's, and so then, oh, and then also I got Peruvian okay. because of my indigenous features, like my yeah. eyes and my nose. Um, and so then I realized, why am I even labeling myself as one thing? Yeah. And I don't mean to, I also but, you identify know, as brown, which is funny. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And and so that's interesting. And I guess I, I'm curious to know what M- brown means to Br- you. Brown means yeah. to me is like, uh, uh, it's Middle Eastern looking, okay. you know, yeah. like, like Arabic and uh, uh, being told that I have olive skin. Any uh, Brown to me that's is any is anybody that's not white. <laughs> that's not white, right. Anybody that white people don't include into the club and aren't black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, essentially, it, right? Mm, like Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I agree with it mostly. Okay, what do I you think, disagree with? You don't think I'm brown? No, well, not that I don't think you're brown. I just don't know if that because I think for a long time, and that's kind of like what what it means to be. I think doing race maybe, um, or doing any or performing anything really. It's when I think when when I heard you speak, I you said something. Oh, like, w- what white people don't include? Yeah, basically, and what. Black people don't I mean, that was I mean, that's also, a very, like, a, I was also being a little facetious. <laughs> right. Well, right. Yes. 
my point is that I'm not white no. because white people don't exactly. let me be. No, right. I used to think I was white. When I lived in Miami, I was just like, I'm not brown yeah. because I'm like one of the privileged white Cubans, right? Right. You know, but like... Yeah. Comp- See, yeah. But when... But, when I left, I realized mm-hmm. how much I look like other things, right? Okay, and exactly. That, and and, in, and exactly. that's when I started to think, okay, I guess I am brown, right? Because you you're know? not white. Because I'm not white. Yeah. yeah. But but I, I I appreciate the need for nuance there, right? Like because the Dutch would say that the you know like the there is interwhite racism. Well, and like that's Italians. Very, I yeah. mean, Italians were not white for yeah. a whole minute until yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I think. Yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah, but so Italians just... never assimilated into whitehood. They're still like, hey, I'm Italian, but they're like this other kind of Italian that that doesn't really speak Italian. I heard that. There, yeah. I I think I saw a headline for an article once that said that the reason that they don't speak actual Italian is because the, it's a very old like version of Italian that came over here and they just kept speaking that I, I, I would probably say that it's maybe most likely that a lot of people from Napoli well also mm, Sicily mm-hmm, mm-hmm. came and then those like Na- uh, Napoletano is its own like it's it's not even considered a dialect yeah no it's so, so crazy yeah. so I so I, I would them, think yeah. that like that was probably how that Italian right. became bastardized and like isolated but um but yeah I mean I, I think that like you know, the Romans were enslaving like Gauls and thought they were different, but they're just French mm-hmm. people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. And then I guess thinking about contemporary sort of example, like Ariana Grande is Italian. Is she? Yeah, she is. And so that's the danger when you're not explicitly calling Italian whiteness. Not that you were or weren't. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, but yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is that's why, I mean, that's ling- again, going back to everything, you know. Well, I think it's interesting, especially the way that you talk it, because you're trying to use race and, and and subdivisions to empower as opposed to oppress, which is usually the way that those distinctions are made. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to like, it, it, yeah. it, it's always, it's always hard to, um, to, to, to like, and I think that that's sort of, I feel like the fact that everybody thinks I look Middle Eastern mm-hmm. has made yeah. me a lot more sympathetic and a lot more sensitive to uh, Islamophobia, you know. Interesting, and, yeah. And, and I've and I've known a lot of yeah. Muslim people my whole life, and the only weird thing they do is like pray, <laughs> you know, like and that's like something everybody else does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> that's some weird thing that everybody yeah. does, right? Like, okay, so they point in a specific direction. That seems like it could make you mindful of your homeland. It seems practical like mm-hmm. like a practical ritual right and when you were talking about dancing for your ancestors i mean yeah. i don't know if you listened to the santeria episode with my uh cuban friend from mm-hmm. miami but she was like yeah like the people would people that's like part of like you you made it specifically about queer people but i think that mm-hmm. like respect for ancestry is like you know in whiteness it becomes a very specific thing like for example anybody that's like really into their like anglo you know like they're yeah. not not i'm not talking about germanic but it, it like specifically anglophiles like people mm-hmm. that fucking love the uk i'm like bro that is the most problematic culture literally <laughs> why why question mark yeah and and for me like that that kind of ignorance yeah. to like like that veneration for that british whiteness is so like cuz first of all they're the fucking like they're just as 
dumb. <laughs> I know them, you know, yes. like they, yeah. they're just as fucking dumb. They're probably less aware of their racism. Yeah. I've had some really yeah. interesting experiences because like since class is so overt yes. there yeah, that, that, that racism is like just part of that, like disdain for others. Right. Like, so yeah. like I've, I've had bosses that were racist and didn't even realize they were racist yeah. when I was coaching soccer. I worked in a community, in a, in a, in a community in Manhattan beach where it was like, uh, when someone met me from, and I told them that I was from my club, they were like, you're the first person that I met from that club that doesn't have uh, a British accent of some kind. Cause they fetishize over there. Wow. Rich white people yeah. fetishize this shit. And they're like, and it's like, nobody like I'm fucking, I grew up in Italy. I, I, I that's where I learned how to play soccer. I'm Hispanic. Oh, wow. yeah. Doesn't fucking matter, you know? And, um, yeah, that year, like, Three people got fired. Two of them were Muslim and the third one was me. Dang. Whoa. <laughs> that is not... So, I'm just saying, like... I'm just saying, like, yeah, you know, so like, for me, that... that, But that fetish is, like... But that is also an anti-brown fetish, specifically. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, like... Oh, yeah. There's something that's, like... There's something to be said about the fact that while... Uh, they were saving the Jews. This motherfucker was slaying, you, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, or I don't know if it was like concurrent, <laughs> <laughs> but this motherfucker <laughs> was a racist that hated Indian people, murdered a lot of them. And like, he's venerated as this fucking at part of that whole, like, Oh, his wit was like, yeah, his rhetoric was great. Like, mm-hmm. let's l- read some of his shit rhetoric about how, like, you know, he was like, he talked about terrorism as if it was, a, it would spread a lively terror to bomb the fucking savages. And like, that's another thing. Like, I think it's so telling about how pro-white queer culture is, is that savage mm-hmm. is a term of, of like endearment. And like the fact that we use that term is, is as despicable as the fact that we use civility in mm-hmm. politics, mm-hmm. because civility is the fucking mask under which they murdered yeah. a lot of people. Right. And I, and I have a lot of thoughts on that word specifically. Savage uh, or, or civility. Bo- well, I yeah. guess both. Well, they're I mean, both, savage. they're related. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, right. They're, syn- they're, are, they're antonyms. <laughs> right. And so I've, in, in these artistic spaces, we talk a lot about, um, I guess, self-governance and safety and civility, right? Impl- implicitly. But like, what does self-governance mean, means to you or what it means to you means something else to me. Yeah. And that boils down again to how you were raised, your parameters, your uh, social identities, locations. And again, yeah, I think I'm just I'm just agreeing with you here that yes, yeah. I mean civility well, is a whole. Well, and and going going back to what you were saying, that's actually a really interesting distinction because I think that <clears throat> everybody has this idea of uh, freedoms. That like and and we define freedoms in, in yeah. two different in two different ways and I've talked about this I did an episode on this uh, about Isaiah Berlin's two concepts of liberty, and he says that um, and and so basically what I'm saying is that like the idea of not having your bodies uh, like of being pro life mm-hmm. 
the principles of freedom behind that are exactly the same as the principles of freedom behind not wanting people to take your guns away, which is don't infringe on my space, like the, don't interfere with me. Whereas healthcare is a positive freedom. So those would be negative freedoms. And I was talking to my friend about this, uh, Mark Prada, who's a lawyer uh, in, in Miami, and I've had him on the show. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that like that's actually how we think about law as well, that we think about positive and negative. I, uh, I, I don't know what the exact terminology, but yeah. he was like, when I was explaining that to him, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that like because of that, that makes sense. And so I think one of the things that really happens is that white people's space of non-infringement is so disproportionately big compared to everybody else that um, that it's inconceivable to them. Mm-hmm. And for them to be confronted with this oppressive guilt when the, op- when the other option is to not be, a, uh, think about it at all, is a luxury that other people don't have. Right. For example, right. if you pay taxes, mm-hmm. you are paying to bomb your own people for a lot of us, right? right. Or to oppress <sighs> yeah. or to promote yeah. oppressive governments in our com- communities. Mm-hmm. To put an embargo on the place where you're supposedly from that you don't know anything about other than what Republicans that fled because they yes, didn't yeah. want their shit taken, <laughs> right. you know, and exactly. like, and I mean, that's, that's being maybe a little bit simplistic about it. Obviously there were, <laughs> there was, there was famine and there was starvation mm-hmm. and shit like that. I'm not like downplaying that, but yeah, even right now there's people fleeing Venezuela and like, yes, they're fleeing starvation, but they're not acknowledging why it's happening. And they're coming right here. And the people that get that privilege of coming here mm-hmm. versus the people that don't, it's a, it, 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 is a, it is a funny thing when white people talk about freedom. Because, yeah. because when, you know, like during the Bush years, there was a lot of talk about freedom isn't free. And what that means mm-hmm. is that we have to kill brown people to maintain it. And that's the truth yeah. of that. Dang. Did I bump freedom you isn't free. No, I'm just like... <laughs> Fuck, like, I mean, and this is inherently why I don't, it's so complicated. I I don't like to identify as American for that reason. I don't, but I have to live. I have to survive. I have to somehow exist. Yeah. But in terms of whiteness, like, where I'm at with whiteness is that, like, I don't give a fuck, um, like, like, my broad world attitude is, like, you may be in the unfortunate position that your ancestors oppressed a bunch of people and mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily quote unquote have a lot to do with it but everybody's uncomfortable because of it you at the least you can do is be uncomfortable by it too and carry that that same like like w- the white guilt whatever the fuck you're dealing yeah. with whatever your end of it is like it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to, to because like no one escaped the the savagery of the civilized Oh, that's my book. Dang, <laughs> right there. That is There you go. <laughs> but but um but yeah, and and I I don't know. I I like it breaks my fucking heart and I am going to have to go into like a a a moment where I stop. Like if if Bernie Sanders is not the candidate, like and and he said some super problematic shit about Venezuela and all of this thing because he's like 
how many fights am I going to take on? <laughs> right? Oh, dang. Yeah. Hi, but, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, it, it kills me. But like, but then the only all, all other alternative was Tulsi Gabbard. She's just flamed the fuck out. Like, it has been a travesty, her campaign. Like, it's it's just such a disappointment. It makes her yeah. see, like, she, like, that's where AOC, mm-hmm. uh, Ilhan Omar, and Talib uh, like, have come out on top where they, like, look genuine and legit, you know, where right. they, like, you know, endorse the motherfucker and are like, yo, we're part of this crew. He's part of the squad, you know? <laughs> and, like, yeah, call them, call us a Bernie bro. Call me a Bernie bro now, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, like... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Po- with politics, it's it's I don't. Uh, I guess I'm not too much a fan of American politics for that reason. I mean, yeah. they're they're all just like, what are they doing? What are they it's saying? A white they're space. all just protect. There's a re- yeah. There's a reason why they're on stage. There's a reason why they are getting some sort of traction. And I don't think it's for me. I don't. Again, yeah. I think it's going back to that. And I don't remember who said this. I'm so forgetful. But there's um, this artist who performance artist, I think who created this sort of speech that says, I want a president. Uh, have you heard of this? I want mm. a president who had, or who has HIV. I want a president who was a sex worker. Um, I want a president who uh, doesn't have access to health or didn't have access to health care. Anyway, they, she, I think it's she, they, the artist says all these things. And I'm like, this is what we need. This leadership needs some sort of uh, understanding of human condition period. And they don't, they just don't get it at yeah. all. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess we can wrap up our first hour yeah. right there, Dang. and then take already a, an hour. Yeah, take a little break. Wow. But that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, was... I always like talking to people that like have insights into what I. I, I definitely want to maybe get a little bit more into um, Latin American politics in the next yeah. hour. If you how how good are you with them? Are you I. With Latin American politics specifically, yeah, um, damn, that's or just like in, yeah, uh, uh, I guess like any in, invasion or you know American uh, interventionism in oh. Latin America. Do, are you familiar with like any of that stuff? I am. Do you know who the Sandinistas were? Because I don't, yes, I, okay. Do you know anything about Sandinistas? Uh, not. I mean, I should know. Okay. I studied them <laughs> briefly. Well, no, okay, I, that's that's why. Okay, so that will not be on the next episode. Okay. <laughs> what Perfect. can we promote for you? Dang. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not your responsibility to know. I just, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I, I, I am yeah. just cracking the surface of that. But that's what I was yeah. saying. Like, I can't be engaged in the political bullshit that happens, especially once this mm-hmm. dude, like if this, if it's Elizabeth Warren, I am like, I, I cannot watch. I am going to stay yeah. away from that train wreck Fuck. because, yeah. because I live in California and I ain't voting for that bitch. Really? Yes. Yeah. And, and, Dang. Oh fuck. And I, I, I have a habit of like, or I'm trying to not use the word bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, and recently I've used it twice. Ah, oh, and I used it about a white woman. <laughs> I might have to cut it out. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Dang. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, then who, who are we voting for? I am probably going to vote. <laughs> I don't even. I'm, I'm, I'm voting third party like I did because last time yeah. I voted for Jill Stein and now everybody's talking about the Green New Deal and she's the only one that had that plan. Yeah. You know, like that's a plan that someone adopted. And so like the whole notion that like, you know, whatever, what, what, how much mm. worse is Trump going to make? How much more comfortable is Trump going to make white people? And that- <laughs> It's been three years. I mean, he's just... What? They're, they've just been freaking out, dude. They've That's really, all they've been doing without taking any action. Like, yeah. stop. Talk to your relatives. That's and that's where that's where I get angry. It's like all these and 
part of so we can talk about gentrification. Yeah, we can yeah, talk yeah. about. We'll, we'll end it right I here. I mean, right there. Yeah, so, all of that. Uh, you are horchata cutie. <laughs> horchata cutie. Yeah. On uh, on Facebook, Twitter, I, Instagram. I gave, it, I gave the American pronunciation. Yeah. Well, yeah, because horchata that's how, cutie. Right. And my dog is named horchata. And it's I a love pomeranian. Pomer, little pomeranian puppy. Yeah. So horchata cutie on all platforms and venmo too if you have that and <laughs> want to support pay his rent <laughs> right well, yeah. well maybe donate to the show first <laughs> right maybe that and then just give me whatever you want tips <laughs> all right what's my thesis is produced by javier proenza who is talking in the third person reach out at what's my thesis at gmail.com and follow us on all social media at what's my thesis Don't forget to review and subscribe. And if you donate to our Patreon, this is where I'll give you a shout out and make up what kind of art you make based entirely on your name and nothing else.